Hello and good morning. A couple of weeks or so ago, the news flash was about the CIA killing, or taking out as the jargon puts it, the leader of Al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri. It was a precision missile delivered from a drone. It was so precise according to the news that it hit him while in the balcony of the house he lives in picking him only and leaving the members of the family who happened to be with him on the same balcony. At this time on a Sunday morning, I do not wish to extend the description of the way the missile worked, but suffices it to say that it was not an explosion. This is why it was able to kill Ayman, but no one else around him. Ayman al-Zawahri, as you may all recall, my dear listeners, was designated as the Emir of Al-Qaeda. So, I shall start by explaining the word Emir. It is Arabic and has at least two meanings. It could mean a prince or it could mean a leader. Anecdotal reminder is the word Admiral. The French for admiral is amiral. So amiral is emir of. The L is Arabic for of or the or of the. So in the case of the amiral, the, it, it indicates a leader of a naval unit or ship or service. This is one of the ways the Arabic found its way into European languages. However, when we say the Emir of Qatar, the Emir of Kuwait, or the UAE, and so on, well, they are princes. But Ayman al-Zawahiri was the leader of Al-Qaeda, obviously, not a prince. So how can they call themselves Emir, as in Ayman's case, or the Emir of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, who was also killed a couple of years ago or so? They call themselves emir because they figure themselves as taking on the legacy of the original four successors to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. They were called emir al-mu'minin, that is, the leader of the faithful. They were men of wisdom, piety, and righteousness. They were a succession of four emirs, after which Islam broke into the two main factions, Sunni and Shia. And no one person could therefore assume that mantle of leader of the faithful. So much for the Arabic or Islamic lesson for this morning. And back to Ayman al-Zawahiri. Yes, he is one of my countrymen, an Egyptian. Yes, we shared the same profession. Both of us were surgeons. Yes, his uncle was my professor of dermatology, that means skin diseases, and who was an excellent teacher and avuncular character, quietly religious in the good sense of the word, that is, observing the obligations and good behavior according to how we learn from religion, whatever that religion happens to be. And there is a final yes, in that This professor lived in a lovely villa in the 
same road we lived in, and that was in a quiet residential suburb of Cairo. Having said all the yeses, I will now say a few noes. No, I do not share their Islamic religion, although as a Baha'i I have total belief in Islam, Muhammad the Prophet, and the divine validity of the Quran. And finally, no, I do not in any way condone violence or coercion for any reason. I hope I have so far laid down for you, my dear listeners, some background information about Ayman al-Zawahiri. I didn't know him personally, but reading about him I really appreciated that he came from a good quality family of educated people and reasonable wealth. Moreover, the family appears to be good, devout Muslims, as the majority of Egyptians are, at least in the way they profess their adherence to their religion. This quality of religiousness is demonstrated by Christians, that is, the Copts, or Muslims. Religion has always been at the heart of Egyptian society. And I may remind you that Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad had Egypt in their personal history, although not directly in the case of the Prophet Muhammad, but very close. Nevertheless, all this will never justify acts of terrorism locally or internationally. What turns someone as intelligent and as educated as Ayman into a terrorist is just a mystery. There is always the so-called turning point in one's life as we grow up. And at the most impressionable age, a person can just be lured into one direction that turns out to be the wrong one. Of course, the opposite can be true. What is noticeable is that money or wealth is hardly ever the motivational intent. The other noticeable aspect of Ayman al-Zawahiri is the fact that he is a doctor or indeed a surgeon. How strange! Why would a person trained in humanitarian service turn into a terrorist? Interesting question, but one with so many other examples. Remember who was the real motivation for the Cuban rebellion? No, not Fidel Castro. It was indeed Che Guevara, and he was a doctor. Dr. George Habash was the founder of the PLO, that is the Palestine Liberation Organization, whose head became Yasser Arafat. And who was Yasser Arafat's right-hand man? It was his brother, a doctor. Remember the attack on, Gla on Glasgow airport in 2007? Well, six of the seven terrorists in that incident were doctors, all practicing in the UK. Even more, go back in history, and some of the infamous actors in the pogrom against the Jews were doctors, including involvement in medical experiments on humans. And why go very far? Remember Harold Sh Shipman? that kind-looking bearded man appearing to be the pillar of the British general practitioners. How many did he willfully kill? God only knows, because those recorded 
apparently were not a complete list. So let me say as a doctor myself that while we all do our best for our patients and the community in general, sadly statistics reveal that there is a proportionately larger number of us involved in bad acts. Fortunately, this disproportion is still a very small, uh, tiny number. Thank God for that. Goodbye.